it can seem more difficult to start balancing the load because now we're at this phase where dad has to learn everything that mom has been doing effectively for the past few months. And that's a lot of work and that can be really intimidating. And we might just get into this place of we're going to keep doing what we're doing because it seems easier than trying to teach all of this. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched evidence-based education, and parenthood. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Therapy for Dads podcast. Um, I want to welcome uh, a new friend that we recently met, new guest, um, Kate. She's going to introduce herself, but I'm very excited for this week's episode to continue the conversation around kind of postpartum navigation, postpartum health, kind of helping moms and dads kind of navigate this season of life. Um, and really, I think this actually, this topic today, which I'm excited to, to kind of begin to have a dialogue around, definitely goes beyond just the postpartum phase. It starts, I think, before and after that this is a, um, I think, a deeper, more richer conversation around this topic. And and before we jump in, though, I want first to Kate to introduce herself just to kind of get a sense of who she is. So so welcome this afternoon, Kate. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk about this. Love when dads are also excited to talk about this. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just a little bit about me. I am a licensed therapist. I work out of Florida. I specialize in perinatal and maternal mental health. So I work primarily with um, people during pregnancy, the postpartum period, um, and beyond, you know, this general maternal wellness. I do a lot of work with birth, birth trauma and uh, PMADs, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Um, and every once in a while, I will also have, um, I don't do couples therapy, but I will have partners invited into sessions to talk about some of this more educational side of things like understanding postpartum care and newborn care, how to share that mm. load with your partner. Which is exactly what I want to have you on because one, your background as a therapist and kind of what you do and, and understanding relational dynamics and communication and then more of the focus on that kind of perinatal postpartum phase and kind of helping moms, dads navigate that and all the stressors that they face. Uh, but again, that kind of holistic view of relationships and that relationships are multifaceted. And so when we kind of first talked, it was kind of an easy conversation. And I was like, I have to have her on, I think, mm -hmm. for multiple, a few episodes, actually, I think we have ideas for, but specifically this one as it pertains to uh, the postpartum phase. Um, and again, like I said earlier, this 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 conversation today definitely goes beyond just this phase. It's really mm -hmm. uh, the 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 span of any relationship. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you kind of did the the bird's eye view that this conversation uh, really is the whole of a relationship, the entirety that it will have its kind of its hands, so to speak, in all aspects of the relationship for better or or for worse. Um, um, and so today, just to not delay it further, the conversation today is this concept of the invisible mental load and specifically around mothers, mothers, mental load, that invisible load. Um, and I know that's a thing that's where I'm seeing a lot of on social media being talked about and addressed, but I really wanted to have a deep, kind of a little deep dive into the conversation to get a little more specific, um, have a little more time than just a, a little slide post, which those are helpful. I think they're good and needed, but I yeah. think we need a little more conversation and new nuance with this. And, and I'm excited for Kate to kind of just start sharing. So first, let's just, what's, 
let's just define like what is kind of the mental load, invisible mental load. Like what is that exactly? I would define that as um, all the things that we know that we have to do when we become parents. And, you know, people who are not in our shoes kind of look at us maybe struggling with the mental load or venting about it or wanting to see change with how the mental load is addressed in terms of the partner relationship. And sometimes we get that response, well, that's just what parenthood is. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Why is it so hard? But it becomes a bigger issue when that mental load falls on one person. And it has to do with the tasks that parenthood requires that aren't really obvious. Um, The things, sometimes we call it invisible labor because it's not really things that are, you know, present in our line of sight, but they're always present in the back of our mind. Like we always have this running list of things that need to be done. Like, do we have enough diapers? Um, When do we need to size up diapers? Or did I make that doctor's appointment? Or did I pay that, did I pay the tuition for daycare? Or, you know, who's going to buy the present for this birthday party this weekend? So all of those things that, you know, it would be okay if we forgot some of those things from time to time, but when it starts to build up and when it becomes really difficult is when most, or not most, but like, I, well, yeah, a majority of those things tend to fall on one person. And then that load, that responsibility becomes very unbalanced. Hmm. And it has to do with, sometimes it's, it's not even initiating or executing the task. Sometimes that mental load could be just thinking about the task or planning hmm. it so that it can be done. Even if, one person is the initiator, the, the executor of the task. It's still a, a responsibility, a mental load, if someone else is doing all the prep work for it to happen in the first place. Mm-hmm. So Makes mental sense. load, if I'm, yeah, and if I'm hearing it correctly, mental load, just for those listening to be clear, is what I'm hearing and it sounds like is the, kind of those those tasks that we don't really see as work or duties, mm-hmm. but really that we take on, especially from the as a parent, on top of, raising a newborn, a child, all those day-to-day tasks that add up, um, at, like you said, can become unbalanced and kind of slowly start to take a toll, especially if it falls on an individual person in the couple. Right. And obviously this is something that is really, it becomes very apparent during that, that postpartum period or mm-hmm. postpartum or not, even if, if we adopt or if we're fostering, whatever it may be, right? right. During those infant stages, those really young childhood years, I see that the the mental load tends to become bigger as the children grow older, because then we have things like homework, extracurriculars, friendships to manage, you know, parent-teacher interactions. So um, it starts early on. It starts when you become a parent, right? But I think that it starts to intensify as our children grow. Yeah, which makes total sense, right? As we yeah. take on more responsibilities as they get older, it's requiring more and in different different types of mm-hmm. um, decision-making, right? Going from maybe diapers to, um, did I make that appointment, to who's going to this parent-teacher conference, to relationships, mm-hmm. to all those little things that kind of go. And so you mentioned earlier a default parent. What, what do you mean by default parent? Default parent, meaning the one who is typically responsible for making sure those tasks get done from start to finish. And in general, who do you tend to see that fall on in your experience? I typically see that falling on moms. Hmm. I think Um, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not to say that dads aren't doing things or that they're not doing enough. It's just, and there's a lot of reasons that that can happen too. Mm -hmm. Um, But the default parent, it, it is much more than those 
physical tasks like making the doctor appointment and buying the diapers. And what also contributes to one parent being the default parent is also things like discipline, emotional support, um, Mm. you know, parenting techniques, those kinds of things definitely play a role also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really it's a spectrum of things, right? It is a, yeah. There's a lot going on. It's it's from those basic things of, you know, taking, let's say, new parents, whether it's a adoptive child, a foster child, a biological child, it's the basics of just day-to-day care, of diapers, food, cleaning, all those mm-hmm. things, up into, I think, which is a huge component, is the parenting piece, the emotional, mental uh, mm-hmm. toll and energy that it takes to raise a child. And the default parent you know, generally falls on mother. And I'm wondering what are some of the reasons or what are some of those factors that go into, in general, moms becoming that kind of default parent? There are a lot of things. Um, A big part is our own gender expectations, parenting expectations, how we were raised when we were children, what we learned from our own parents in terms of who's responsible for what. Um, I think that's a really big piece. I think we learn a lot from the media, like TV shows and movies. We see a lot of um, this, you know, false perception of dads not knowing what they're doing and being played as like this dumb character who doesn't Mm -hmm. do anything correctly. And I think that that is really unhelpful. Um, But also when it comes to real life, um, I think the way that maternity leave is set up in our country plays a big role. You know, mothers are usually the ones who spend the first couple months taking a pause in their career if they're employed, or maybe they have shifted away from employment to be a stay-at-home parent. And that, you know, small chunk of time, those, you know, however long that leave is for you, I know it's different for everybody, but usually Mm -hmm. during that time, there's this idea that, you know, I'm not waking up in the morning to go do this other job. So I'm going to do all the overnight wakings. I'm going to do all the overnight feedings. And that contributes a lot. So if mom is employed and she does go back to work at this point, it's been anywhere from like three to six months of her taking on that responsibility while she wasn't Mm. employed. Right. And so now it's just kind of become the norm, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've gotten used to it. Um, you know, she knows how to do it effectively because she's been doing it this whole time. Um, you know, baby might respond much quickly to her. It might be really difficult if dad does go into help and is struggling because it's that's not the norm. And so she might just kind of take over because mm. we just want baby to go back to sleep. We just need baby to be fed. Right. And, it, you know, another component is dad has also gotten used to that, too. Like dad may have started to adapt and learn how to sleep through a baby waking mm. up overnight. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that, that go into that. And at that point, like I mentioned, it, it can become, it can seem more difficult to start balancing the load because now we're at this phase where dad has to learn everything that mom has been doing effectively for the past few months. And that's a lot of work and that can be mm. really intimidating. And we might just get into this place of, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because it seems easier than trying to teach all of this, or it seems yeah. easier for me to try to learn all these things that, you know, my partner's been doing. And, and, you know, as, as we're even discussing this, there is a lot, a lot of things that go in um, to this and how we can get into patterns that make it harder sometimes to adjust. Um, and all these other factors too, like going back to what you said of some unhelpful things in our society from TV shows is playing the dumb dad, the idiot dad mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's doing, how that's kind of the portrayal of 
I have issues with those shows. I know they're they're, they're yeah. comedy shows, but I feel like a lot of a lot of shows show that. Um, Mm-hmm. Moms as the ones who are needing help. Dads being the blubbering idiot who mm-hmm. has the the quip and you know the little catchphrase thing, and then it just kind of rinses and repeats. But no, you know you don't see a lot of ones where dads are really proactive at making changes, and you're seeing them really work together. You're, you know that's that's not the majority of shows. I guess what are what is some of the issues, or what are some of the issues? The default parent just being the mother. Like what are some of the problems with that? I guess that you would see? My first thought is burnout, hmm. right? Um, there's, that's an, an obvious concern if if one person is continuously taking on a majority of the responsibilities, it does not leave a lot of time for them to do things for themselves. Hmm. Um, and we know, I mean, as therapists, we know that when we don't have the opportunities to take care of ourselves in the way that we know we need to, when we don't have chance to clock out, to take breaks, to rest, to decompress, that is directly linked to um, anger, irritability, um, you know, impatience with our children, with our partners, anxiety, depression. And so it can lead us to this place of being very unwell. Mm. Um, And even if that distress is mild, that can start to lead to resentment in the partnership Mm. because it seems very obvious, like, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I Mm. have all these things going on. Why? Why isn't there help being offered? But again, at this point, it's just kind of become the norm. So that might not be very obvious to the other partner, Mm. but it is to the person who's struggling. Right. And so resentment is a big factor. Um, I see a lot of moms who... I'm going to word this carefully. <laughs> sure. I see a Take lot of moms who, who they talk to me about this, this concern of having more children because they're drowning as is. Mm. Right. And so I think that's a concern too. Not that moms should have as many babies as they possibly can. Like if you want to be one and done, be one and done. Right. But, mm. um, you know, maybe someone had this dream of having three kids and at two, they, emotionally and physically feel like they cannot handle it. And that can Mm. create a sense of grief and loss. Mm. So there's, you know, a lot of deeper level issues that can happen if that load isn't balanced out, if that communication, if that conversation isn't had at some point. Mm. And I see that for sure. Um, Working with couples, working with and individuals, hearing how these things aren't shared for various reasons. And I think even mom, you know, you, you talked about the blubbering idiot dad and going back you know, what do we see in shows for moms? Like, what are we seeing on the flip of that? Like, we're seeing the idiot dads, but moms are portrayed as how, as how on, on TV? Moms who do it all. Moms who do moms it all. Moms who have clean houses, who work a full-time job, who right. put everyone first. Um, mm. Again, not that it's bad to, you know, prioritize your children and your family, but we've got to put ourselves on that list too, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, but that might be another concern too is, you know, how it impacts their goals outside of parenthood, Hmm. right? Like if they are really career driven or if they do have these really big passion projects or interests or hobbies, they might get to this place of feeling like, well, I I can't do those because I have to do all these things. And if I don't do all these things and I'm a bad mom, Hmm. because that's what I've been taught. Right. Right. That's what I see. That's what, that's what people tell me. That's just, that's how it is. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that I would say like we see this ver- like this unrealistic version of moms sometimes like 
always have a smile on their faces. They never get upset. They always look really fresh and dewy and done up and, you know, home cooked meals every night and, you know, really um, interactive activities for their kids, no screen time, all these kinds of things that can leave them feeling like failures if they're not able to, you know, meet Mm. all of those expectations. Yeah. You know, if you have both men and women being fed these unrealistic ideals or what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. you know, no wonder why you see moms suffering and struggling yeah. and dads struggling, but in their own way, because they're taught, to, you know, just like how moms are taught in an unbalanced way, dads are also taught in an unbalanced way. And so they come mm-hmm. together. It's like, it's supposed to just work, right? This is how it's supposed to be. And right, and these are the roles, y- right? It's... It's not funny, but it's it's interesting that when moms and dads are in that situation, essentially what it comes down to is that they might both be feeling inadequate mm-hmm. for totally yeah. different reasons. Totally. Right? But they can they can connect and relate on that. Well, it sounds like that's how you get them price starting to talk in your office, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. I, I agree that I think men and I think what I don't see posted, and this is what this is my opinion, could be wrong, could be Right. Um, I'd, I'd see a lot of talk of the invisible load of moms. I think it's helpful to, to portray that um, so they could be aware of, wow, okay, wow, I'm doing it. No wonder why I'm tired. No wonder I'm burnt out. There's a lot of expectations. And, and I agree. It's like, yeah, that's not realistic for anybody. Like, I, mm-hmm. I see my wife every single day and we have three kids. Like, none of that's Mm-mm. really even healthy to aim at. Um, and on our home, we're, we're constantly talking and adjusting and um, helping one another out. And really that stuff we see in TV, we, we, we don't even pay attention to that stuff. It's like, how do we, how do we get through this? How do we support each other in this right. and balancing the load, having dialogues. And it's a day-to-day thing. It's sometimes multiple times a day. It's not just mm-hmm. a, okay, we had this, now we're going into it, but it's, it's constantly having to adjust to the moment, to the day. Um, and I see that how, you know, my, my wife has even struggled with some of that expectation, constantly saying, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like she said, I'm sorry I didn't have food tonight. That's something she said before. I'm like, it, I get it. Don't worry. Or sorry, the house is the best. I'm like, it's, it's all good, babe. You know, it's, I get what you're doing and what you're dealing with on a day to day. Don't, I'll, I'll clean when I get home. You're fine. When the kids go down, well, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you are doing enough, more than enough. Often having to kind of fight against the narrative that she struggles with her own head for that. Right. That she isn't, especially in those low moments when you're tired. Like it's easy to go to the, oh, I'm failing. And, and I feel that I felt that way as a dad too, of like, I, would, sure. I feel out of control. I can't help. Am I doing enough? Because it's natural for us to go to those places. Because it does come, I think, from a place of caring, but then we get that those layers of this unrealistic life that gets stacked on top of it, and then that's our filter. It's mm-hmm. like, no, get rid of that filter. It's not even realistic. It's not even true. Well, let's just start with where we are. And I think what dads miss out on is is they don't they don't understand that enough because maybe the wife or mom's not talking about it, or when she does, she's already burnt out and resentful and tired because she's just trying to survive, and then he feels like he's failing, like. Am I not doing exactly. enough? Because I, right. I worked with a lot of men of thinking they're failing. They can't do enough. They're trying. Like, I feel stuck. How do I help? And they kind of, mm-hmm. they almost like they're both trying to fight against this in their own way, but they're missing each other. Yeah. And that makes me think of a really big piece to this too, is when we recognize that we're both feeling inadequate, we're both feeling like we're failing in our respective roles. And so we both like come in hot with all of these <laughs> ideas for how do we fix this or how do we not fix this, but address this, right? Like how right. do we make this feel easier? How do we share this load? I think that there's a, a disconnect there between men and women specifically, um, meaning 
we might identify certain tasks, certain things as more helpful than others, Mm. right? We might not agree on really what is the most crucial thing in this moment. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So for example, um, if mom has been doing childcare all week and dad has been out in the office all week and then Saturday morning rolls around and dad wants to help out by, um, fixing things around the house, mowing the lawn, like taking the car in for service, um, all of these things. It's not that those are unhelpful things, right? But Mm -hmm. we also have to look at it from a communal, through a communal Mm -hmm. lens, like what does the unit need, Mm -hmm. right? Mom might need to clock out of childcare that she's been doing Monday through Friday. Mm. So when Saturday morning rolls around, like, yeah, we need the, the grass cut and yeah, we need all these things. But right now what's needed, what's the most crucial might be something else. Mm. And I think that's where that disconnect happens in terms of the resentment and feeling unappreciated is like, I thought I was doing all of these wonderful things and right. it's just gone either unnoticed or now someone's angry about it, which is mm. the complete opposite of what I was going. Right. And I've seen you know? dads get stuck there, absolutely, because they, they think yeah. they're helping. And, and you in one sense, they, they are. are. They, are, they helping. are helping. But yes. you're right. It's not in that moment what you know the mom is needing. In that moment, the unit is what, I love that, the team, the unit, what the team and unit is needing. Right. And so dads get stuck because they feel, wait a second, I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then feeling inadequate. And then that could start them the rift, obviously, because then no one's really exactly. communicating because the mom's feeling burnt out. But, you know, it, it, it creates just this, this chaos, right? Because then yeah. everyone's getting hurt and needing support. Right. And it's, I want to, I do want to point out that it's, it's not that mom's needs always come first before dad's, mm. right? So it's not, okay, what does she need on Saturday morning? That's the top priority. Right. That's not really what I'm saying, but we need to have a conversation and decide as partners, what is the most important thing? Yes, the grass needs to be cut, but could that wait maybe until nap time? Mm. So, you know, either the child or one of the children is set away. And now whoever's been doing childcare for the week now only has one or none to take Mm. care of during that time where you're stepping out to do that really helpful task that we do need. Right. Right. Um, and it's just, it's, I know it sounds so cheesy, but it's, it's a disconnect in the communication and what we're expecting every day and what needs to be done. Mm. And now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. Yeah. And it, it goes back to that team and unit, like you said, what's needing, what's the team and unit needing in that moment. Right. And sometimes I wonder too, you mentioned like that's where dads get stuck, right? Like I'm doing all these things. This feels helpful. I think sometimes that dads get stuck with that because there's um, not as much understanding about the difference in those tasks, right? Mm. So taking the car in for service or doing the yard work or, um, you know, taking the kids to a birthday party. Those are big things. Those are important things. And mm-hmm. they, we need to recognize those tasks as helpful and show appreciation for them. But I think where that, where we get stuck is 
those are not really the same as daily childcare tasks. Those are mm. things that get done on a weekly, maybe a monthly basis. It's not really on that mental or in their mental load the same way that like everyday childcare things are for a default parent. Right. And I think that's a big part of the communication. Like it's not that these aren't important or that we're not appreciative of them. It's just that those might not be equivalent to the amount of mental load things that the other person has going on. Yeah. And that's where that unbalance can come in and resentment can build. And well, and especially going back to what you said earlier, if mom, like if the if the if the relationship started with new babies come home, whether it's foster, mm-hmm. adopted, biological. And let's say mom goes into this to the classic, I'm going to do it all, mm-hmm. um, you know, ideal and does it all. And so that, and like you said, dad's now used to his role, you know, going to mm-hmm. work, doing that stuff. And then I think where I'm seeing an issue, and maybe you can speak to this, is that they've both been doing these roles. And then someone, maybe the mom's getting tired and burnt out and saying, hold on a second, like I'm drowning here. Now what? Right. Now how do we, how do we have a dialogue? How do we invite dads in? How do we help them see is as well as that balance of noticing what they're doing, like you said, which is, I think, so true. Noticing what you are doing is helpful. Mm-hmm. And here's what's really going on. And how do we invite them into this conversation to see the amount of load it takes with being more with the children and watching them and the emotional and the mental kind of uh, energy it takes um, right. differently than the lawn or the mechanic. Well, again, those are important, but how do we invite dads into in a way that's inviting, not blaming. And, and and I know from firsthand experience, I will say this, dad, men listening, you know, yes, I'm a therapist. Um, in case you didn't know that, if you're first time listening to the episode, I'm a therapist. Uh, it's my day job. Uh, and um, I would say, hands down, I love my children, first and foremost. <laughs> I would not want my world without them. However, comma, Same. hands down, being home all yeah. day with my children, I would say is more exhausting easily. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, when she comes home, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you're, you're ready to clock out. I'm you're like, ready for your break. You know, I saw this I, thought, I saw this meme the other day. I don't know who did it. Um, it was like a WWE, like a tag team thing. Um, okay. Like, I don't even watch wrestling, but wrestling, right? They have a tag team. It's like, you're done and you tag your partner in. Your partner comes in and starts like That's dominating exactly the opponent. <laughs> yeah. And totally so, is what it is. When I ask my husband to tap out, that's exactly what I'm picturing. I'm picturing being in a boxing ring and my kids are coming at me and I'm like, babe, I'm ready. Yeah. And that's <laughs> you see I want my dad hand? to see. Yeah. I want dads to see that because that's how it feels. But this goes back to the thing you said is the unit. Where are we right now in this moment? Because it's going to be different today than it was yesterday, last week, last month, last year. Right. I think to get to that point, there's going to be a transition period too, Hmm. right? So I mentioned that that point might feel very inaccessible because we've been doing, we've been, Hmm. you know, playing these roles for so long. So how do we just suddenly flip the switch and and tap out, right? And so that requires both parents being able to step into each other's shoes Hmm. last minute, right? And so that's going to require, if you've been the one doing overnight wakings, for example, for the past four months, we have to go through a hard couple of weeks where we are letting the other person learn how to do that in their own effective way. Yeah. Right. Because if we, if we don't allow for that, then it's always going to be the one person. Right. And then yeah. once we, yeah. once we do get to that point, that's when I think we can say, what does the unit need today? And yeah. it's, that's, that's one part of it. I think the second part is who's capable of giving the unit what it needs today. Hmm. 
right? Who has enough in their reservoir to give and who doesn't? Who is closer to that point of flipping out on the kids, right? Right, Who And it's not, it's not, you know, it's not about an equal balance. It's about a balance, like a flexible balance, Mm. right? So for example, if, um, so I, I, my week is set up pretty uniquely, I think for an employed mom, I have, um, a couple of days out of the week where my, my, both my kids are in school and I'm with my clients all day. And then I have one week where we call it mommy day. Hmm. I don't do any kind of employment stuff. I don't see clients, no phone calls, no emails. I'm just hanging out with my kids, putting laundry away, doing whatever you want to do. Right. So on those days, that's a pretty um, easy day for my husband and I to be like, okay, you've been with the kids all day. So we would expect that like, you're going to tap out when I get home and I'm going to tap in. Right. But it's Mm -hmm. not about who did how much childcare. Mm. Right. If I had a great mommy day with the kids and let's say he had a horrible, horrible day at work. Let's say he spent his whole drive home, like putting out fires on his phone. He might Mm. get home and he might not be able to give that in the way that I can after having a great day with my kids. So we can't automatically assume that, you know, I did all these things today. So tomorrow you're going to do all these things. And that's a a factor, but we also have to consider our capacity, Mm. what we're able to do, right? Looking at it, like I mentioned through that communal lens, it's not Mm -hmm. like, it does, it's not going to be exactly reciprocal. Like it has to be a communal who can do what, when can they do it? Is it going to work if they do it or is it going to be too hard if they try to do it? Yeah. And I, I, that's important to note too, that it's not just, it's not 50, 50. It's not who mm-hmm. spent the most time. It's not time. Um, and I think couples can, I think when I've worked with numerous couples that way that they do stuck, they get stuck in that kind of quid pro quo 50, 50, right. You know, I do this, therefore you do this. And so it becomes that kind of exchange business exchange. Mm-hmm. But as we know, it does not work that way. You know, it is, it's, it's never 50. I don't think it's ever really 50, 50. It's, mm-hmm. it's constantly shifting and evolving with who, who has what's, mm-hmm. who has more in their reservoir because the team is first. And if the team is first, you are cared for. Right. You know, and I think what I'm hearing, what I, what I find a lot of people don't do is they're not talking enough or re- or regularly. It's just, you know, we had one conversation and then now we're building resentment because they didn't do this or they, they said they would do this, they didn't do this, and now no one's talking. Now it's just building, 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 building until a big fight comes out, big argument. Right. And then what's happening is we're missing the need on both people and then they get stuck and then we're actually not even talking about what we need to talk about mm-hmm. because they're not talking enough. They're not having regular check-ins. And something I found just to, you know, what we do is we're checking in pretty much every day before mm-hmm. I, you know, leave when I get home. How was it? What do you need? How do you need five? You know, when I get home from work, you know, I text, I found, I text my wife, how are we doing? Um, I'm all the way home. <laughs> and sometimes mm-hmm. I get the SOS text. I'm like, right. I know what, <laughs> I know what I'm doing as soon as I get home. So I get in the door, yeah. I'm tapping, I'm tapping her out, out yep. of that ring and I'm getting in the ring and we're, we're doing something. Other days it's different. And so it's this yeah. constant check-in communication that we found that works for us. And I find that it tends to go so much better because I'm more aware of the team. Oh, so much better. And I think that even if that, the idea of a daily check-in sounds, you know, overwhelming or, um, you know, exhausting to kind of add to your mental load, right? We got to sit and talk <laughs> about what we need, right? Right. It doesn't have to be this, um, like grand conversation, right? So, you know, if I'm texting my husband on a mommy day, like, Oh my God, it's so hard. You know, Parker's not sleeping and so and Emma's doing this and da 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 and all these things. He already knows. Mm-hmm. 
he already knows I'm struggling, right? So he's right. going to start preparing at that point in his day for how he's going to step up mm. when he gets home, right? So right. it doesn't have to be this flat out, I need you to do more. I need you to take on more. It can be, right. I'm really struggling. I don't have it in me, Yeah. right? But we right. do, um, so that's, that's kind of how our daily check-in conversation looks. But we do have, like once a week, we try to sit down, Mm-hmm. Usually on a Sunday, if the kids are, you know, playing outside, we're just sitting watching them like, okay, what are our expectations for the week? What's yeah. your schedule? I've got a dentist appointment on this day. Can you pick up right. the kids a little earlier that day? What yeah. do you want to do on the weekend for fun? And just kind of getting an idea. And it doesn't have to be set in stone, but just so mm. there are no major surprises that just could yeah. have been avoided. So I think that that would be a really big thing, like starting with how do we make it so that we could each step into each other's shoes at the drop mm. of a hat, right? going through that weird, difficult learning transition of where we each figure out how to do things in our own way, looking at the daily needs through that communal lens, and then Mm. having some kind of regular check-in. Yeah, I think that's great. I think those are are wonderful. If couples are stuck in in resentment and and drowning, what are like one, two, three steps to start just to begin the change? What can they do practically that you've seen be successful for both moms and dads? I see a lot of success in expressing appreciation for the things that your other partner views as really helpful, hmm. right? So start by recognizing that they are helping in the way that they know how, hmm. because that's where that resentment comes from As we feel unappreciated. We feel slighted. We feel there's like this, this unfairness, injustice in the relationship. We feel invisible, right? So something as simple as, hey, thank you so much for doing that thing right? We are boosting their confidence. We are connecting emotionally. We are communicating. We're going to open the door for, while we're talking about this, these are some other things that I really wanted to share with you and get done. Hmm. Right? So it just has so many benefits to just kind of open that conversation. Um, yeah. I would also encourage parents to, to talk about what's the most effective way to give each other feedback. Hmm. What are words that are really triggering for you to hear. So I know to avoid them or what are situations that are really difficult for you to pay attention. So I know to write my thought down and come back to it later. Uh, Right. Um, mm. and that, that kind of circles back to this idea of, you know, if, um, I just, I keep using the overnight wakings as an example, but if mom has been doing this for four months, like what's the most effective way for you to learn how to do this, right? Because I don't want to boss you around. I don't want to teach you in a way that isn't going to work with your learning style. I don't Mm. want you to feel like I know it all and you know nothing. So let's talk about how can we make that happen in a way that we both feel comfortable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I think if we start there, I love the appreciation. Just, just recognize what they're doing and notice what effort it, you know, I think of uh, Gottman's, uh, you know, nurturing fondness and admiration, mm-hmm. John Gottman. I, I think that's that's what I totally I thought of, um, and that makes such a difference. We're constantly filling our bucket of our partner by acknowledging and seeing them, which could really make a difference versus not being seen. I think that's where the invisible yeah. world goes: is that well, I'm not being recognized. I just feel like I'm doing it, but but when someone sees it and says, "Wow," I. I that, that, in a way, can give you energy. Yeah, like figuring out what does fill their reservoir. Aside from taking breaks and their own personal interests, like mm-hmm. what behaviors, what words from you as their partner is going to help fill their tank, right? And oh, I think we forget We're going to get into love languages and all of that so, stuff. Yeah. But. but I think the power of words and the power of mm-hmm. it could really be a, so underrated that we forget 
that what we say to our partner really does matter. Um, and in especially the good that we don't say it enough. And it's amazing when you do that. Like when my wife says, I could be tired and she says something to me and hits me and like, it gives you this boost, this well, dopamine, a bunch of neurochemicals mm-hmm. are happening, but you do feel better. Yeah. Right? It can boost your energy of like, yeah, I do. Oh, wow. Okay. It feels good. And that can totally give you energy. Yeah. I am. Um, something that I personally practice in my marriage um, is when my husband and I get into those tough spots, I just tell myself, we are on the same team. Mm. He does not want me to fail. I do not mm. want him to fail. He doesn't want me to feel bad. I don't want him to feel bad. Right. So if we're in this period of like, we're so annoyed with each other, or we just wish you would do it my way because I like my way or whatever it may be. Right. We kind of forget that we're on the same team sometimes. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's a really important thing to remind yourself is like, you're not in alone. You don't have to be. And I, I know that obviously this, there are a lot of single parents out there, but when we're talking about relationships and parenting, like we have to remember that we are in this together. Right. We're a team here. We're we're mm-hmm. we're four. Each I mean, other. I even say that to my my two children. They're um they're two years apart. They're very young, so they constantly wrestle and they pull each other's hair and they can't really communicate very well yet. And so, with my older child, I sit down and I I have that talk with her. I'm like, your brother and sister, you're on the same team. You gotta mm-hmm. help each other out. Yeah. I know what I know. You feel angry about how he pulled your hair, right? But you oh, gotta yeah. remember, you were yeah. on the same team. Mm-hmm. I do the same with my kids. My my yeah. My son just pushed my my other son down today against the bookshelf because he got mad about something. Just push him. I'm like, guys, we're on the same team. Yeah. This is not okay. Like get your frust. I know you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. This is not what teamwork. This is not what we do as a team though. We don't push each other. Um, right. we don't retaliate. We use our words and it's, it's, you know, they're four, they're three and a half and five and a half. So they're, they're learning. <laughs> um, yeah. but it, it's amazing what we could do modeling now as parents is to model that teamwork. Oh yeah. And so I'm mindful of time. What is one thing from your experience that you think dads need to hear and know about moms? And what is one thing that moms need to know and hear about dads within this topic of mental load? Mm, that's a good question. I think if, you know, with a general thing, because obviously every person's different, right? Right. So this, I mean, I don't know if I could identify like one specific thing that would apply to everyone outside of the fact that most of the time moms and dads are worried that they're not doing enough, whether it's for the children, for themselves, for their home, for their partner, for their career, for their friendships, whatever it may be. Um, I think that we just need to recognize that most of us are struggling with some sense of inadequacy from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we can identify that, that's a bonding point between partners. Yeah. Like, oh, you feel inadequate? I feel inadequate mm-hmm. too. Like, it's going to open up that conversation. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think a great way to generalize it to most people because there's going to be unique, absolute unique yeah. things. But I think that's a, a theme I hear too is the sense of inadequacy in some form. And if you mm-hmm. start there bonding, that's where empathy begins, where understanding and you begin to heal and actually be on the same team. And rather than mm-hmm. fight each other, say, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize it was this hard for you in your way too. And, and you start to see the other. And I think a lot of parents are really good wanting to do their best. I think we just forget that our partner mm-hmm. might be struggling too. Yeah. First and foremost, thank you for being on here. And I know that we, yeah. there's a lot to this topic and Kate did an amazing job of beginning to kind of talk about this mental load, invisible load. Um, and this is a great place to start. Um, start with, you know, nurturing that kind of fondness and, and 
nurturing kind of um, appreciation for one another. If you're if you're not there yet, start with recognizing where your partner is. Try to see them where they are. Be curious about where they are, and then start to kind of little by little find a way forward that you're on a team, you're a unit. It is a day to day thing, and it evolves with time. From having little kids to I'm not there yet, but I'm sure as my kids become <laughs> teens, I'll we'll be adjusting then too. I just know the first six years, and um, yeah. but I do know if regardless of the age. What I've seen working with couples, being a couple, uh, is that if you start with seeking to understand, listening, showing appreciation, that you you will navigate. Um, You will find a way forward because then you're really thinking about your partner in this. And and then your partner's thinking about you. And if it's about the unit, then, yeah, you're going to hit hard times. There's going to be difficult conversations. But you're going to find a way forward because it's about you as a whole, that you are one. And if you're one... You're fighting for one another and against. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Kate, I thank you so much. And before we close, where can we find you? You know, those wanting therapy, if you're in Florida, I know she does therapy, I think in some other states, but um, where can we get you, get a hold of you? Yeah, um, all my information's on my website. It's rtrcounseling.com. I've got some um, goodies on there, some handouts. I'm actually working on a um, balancing the load of newborn care handout to share with partners. So that'll be up really soon. Um, Lots of good stuff on there like that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Have a great uh, rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.